Hello and welcome to Dealcast, the weekly M&A podcast presented to you by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. I'm Juliana Needham. I'm a business journalist who's been covering M&A for a decade. In this episode, we're looking at women in private equity. I'm joined by Miriam Marriott, a Paris-based reporter for Merger Market, and by Joanna Socha, the Merger Market correspondent for Poland, to talk about their reporting on gender equality in private equity. Hi, Miriam. Hi, Joanna. Thanks very much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So let's begin by taking the temperature. What's the picture for gender equality in the private equity industry? Only 12% of managing director positions globally are held by women. Yeah. So first of all, the research shows that private equity and venture capital industry is behind other sectors in the area of gender diversity, including behind a sector of financial services as a whole. So although there are women specialists in private equity and venture capital, the percentage of women gets lower the higher the position. So for instance, according to level 20, across Europe, only 20% of investment professionals in PE and VC are women, but the figure falls to just 10% at the senior level. But in some countries such as Germany, Austria, Switzerland, and the Netherlands, the figure is below 6%. So can you imagine that? Like less than 6% of senior investment roles are occupied by women. And it's all despite the fact that we talk so much about women leadership. And it's all despite the fact that there is evidence that shows that having diverse teams simply pays off. And we are talking about Western European countries. And this lack of women at the senior level is mentioned in the interviews that Miriam and I have done for the Women in Private Equity series as well as for the this specific piece that we prepared for the International Women's Day. The women we talked to, they say that the whole ecosystem is dominated by men and that they are often the only women in the room. And can you elaborate on some of those stories that you're hearing from women? Can you tell us what the reasons are that they think there aren't more women in the industry? And we'll come to you to start with on that one, please, Miriam. Yeah, I think uh, one major issue that comes back a lot is uh, the fact that women uh, are the ones taking care of children, having children, and maternity has an impact on many women's life. Um, some women, female partners we talked to said, uh, we try to hire as many uh, women in uh, junior positions. But when they have uh, children, they disappear they, because uh, they change jobs. They try to go to uh, less demanding professions. So I, we did talk uh, for this uh, piece, the piece we did on uh, March 8th, for March 8th, uh, on a woman that had four children. Uh, and uh, she's a female partner as a, at a renowned m M&A boutique now. So it's not impossible, but it's definitely a hurdle. Um, and I think it's the main issue that comes back in uh, many, many uh, testimonies. Something that I've also heard is um, the cognitive bias. So people usually think like that people who are similar to them have better potential. So if the sector is dominated by men, they subconsciously think that 
like us sounds better. So they are more familiar with, you know, being surrounded by men. So this could be one of the reasons, but also stereotypes. So one leader I talked to, she, she said, she said that she still, even in 2022 and 2023, she hears you know, unwanted comments from from men saying, you look so nice, you look so kind, why are you behaving in this way, for example, when negotiating in the room? And so there are still these stereotypes that men are ambitious, women are overly ambitious, men are assertive, whereas women are, you know, aggressive, men know what they want, women are emotional, and so on. So there are still stereotypes that we have. So a lot of those issues that you flag are common to other industries, but private equity, I imagine, has a culture of long hours and hard working. What initiatives are there out there to address that balance? And has COVID and the culture of working from home over the past few years done anything to change that? So you're right on the money on this, because uh, the women we talked to said that the COVID pandemic actually changed a lot. Before it was a lot of face-to-face meetings. And when you said, you know, you had to go to the kindergarten or you had, you couldn't do uh, the evening session uh, for negotiations because you simply had to put the children to bed. The clients, for example, for MA boutiques or the, the, the GPs, the helpies, they weren't very open to that. And the pandemic changed all this and uh, many key players in the industry realized you don't need to do as much face to face and Zoom and calls are just as efficient sometimes, even though uh, for some key negotiations, they still meet in person. So it's easier and more flexible now. Um, and uh, many women appreciate that. And actually, we talked to female partners that said, now I feel free to, you know, just put the children to bed and then pick up the phone. So that does, you you still need to, to be working long hours, right? But you can be more flexible and arranging your schedule. And also there is the fact that mentalities change. And uh, we we talked to some uh, a person in a M&A boutique who said that ten years ago you were saying you were you needed to take your children to kindergarten. Everyone was looking at, at you old because that was simply taboo. And now it's widely accepted, and uh, it's uh, also helped out the fact that even men do it, and they say openly that they need to take care of the children. So that is something coming both from men and women in that case, and uh, men have been allies in this uh, topic. Great, thank you. And Joanna, coming to you, what kind of initiatives are you seeing from firms in how to address this? So I think something that's very popular recently is mentoring and sponsoring initiatives. So many, you know, associations, organizations, they they organize these mentoring sessions and they connect younger, you know, emerging leaders with the more experienced senior leaders, and they share also the best, the best practices also in the area of, you know, uh, work-life balance. So this is something that was mentioned by multiple leaders. But what's interesting is that they all said that, you know, mentoring and sponsoring other women is important. 
and they are doing that now to the younger colleagues, but they didn't have the same opportunity many years ago when they were starting out. And they said that still, even today, they would use this opportunity if they had a chance to you know, shadow even more experienced leaders, they would love that idea, but there aren't many, you know, um, opportunities like that for the more experienced, you know, role models. And can you tell me, Miriam, how many female-led funds or boutique advisory firms are there out there that you're aware of? So they they exist and we have met them, but there are not so many uh, in the space. And when you have one, everyone is talking about them, which uh, shows that uh, there are very few. One point I'm particularly fond of, uh, pardon the bad pun, uh, is uh, Revaya. It's a, it's a French VC fund. And, uh, you know, everyone has been talking about because it has been created by two talented women, Alice Albizati and uh, Elena Berebi. And um, it's uh, the largest European growth fund at the moment, which seems very nice on paper. And when you talk to Alice Albizati, she says that uh, when you compare, you compare them to other growth equity funds, they're actually quite small. So there's still a very, there's still a difference and there's still a glass ceiling at the moment when you have female-led initiatives. Great, thank you. Now, you don't need to tell me this, but why does the sector benefit from gender parity? Why is it good for business? Yeah. So first of all, I just wanted to say that, you know, the women Miriam and I interviewed, they often mentioned that they want to, they don't want to be seen as victims. They, they are doing their work and, you know, there is research that shows that women, women based investments, they have better returns and there is evidence that shows that. But also um, some anecdotal evidence from, from my interview for, for the article for the Women's Day. Uh, Bagbaga Sobowska, she is a founder of Most Partners, which is like a boutique advisory M&A firm. She said that about 80% of her team are women and she sees many advantages of that because women are experts in their fields. They are diligent, ambitious and hardworking. So she likes working with women and she has many women employees, not because she wants to help them or it's part of some CSR strategy. It's because they are doing great work. Miriam, coming back to you, Gender equality, parity it is seen as a very trendy topic. But what about diversity more broadly, looking at ethnic diversity and social class? How concerned should we be about a broader lack of diversity in private equity? So, yeah, absolutely. It is seen as a trendy topic. And uh, when uh, Joanna and I started the Women in Private Equity initiatives, we realized that uh, many funds and many investors were really keen to be talking about these topics. But we do have, I think, uh, we, we lack maybe a bit of uh, um, an 
a bit of a conscious effort about uh, everything that's related to ethnicities and social status. And I did talk to Munia Shawi from Turan Capital Santé. She's from Morocco. So she has half French and half Moroccan. And she said that uh, she does see, she does see more women in the space, but you know, uh, Moroccan in business, a bit less. And uh, I think it's really important that we do not forget that parity is one of the many issues related to diversity. And a diverse team is not only women and parity uh, with a half women, a half men. You also need, and uh, I think that many investors and also CEOs are aware of that. You also need uh, people from different nationalities, from different countries. And that we see, for example, in unicorns. Uh, we have almost 30 unicorns in France. And uh, they have diverse teams in that regards. But social status, I think, is still something that's really uh, difficult at the moment. It's a touchy subject, and many many people think it should be a public initiative. It should come from the state. But I do think that uh, there is something to do and uh, that uh, private equity players can change the, 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 um, the topic and can change uh, the panorama. Uh, regarding this. Great. Miriam, Joanna, thanks very much. That was Miriam Marriott and Joanna Socha. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Dealcast presented by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. Please rate, review and follow the podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or look out for your Merger Market news alert. For more information, have a look at our show notes. Join us next week for another episode.